welcome to the America Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is the top supplier in the UK for all your America football needs, helping players and coaches reach their potential since 2007. Check them out at epsports.co.uk. So, probably the biggest COVID week we've had so far, especially with the second ever, I think second ever, Wednesday game. Um, Craig, how's it been getting that pushback every single day? Um, it was frustrating. Um, I think by the time, to be honest, the more they pushed it back, the worse it kind of got. I think I was saying earlier, we ended up with, I think it was 10 people get rushed in last minute. Um, from the practice squad just to kind of fill holes in the roster because of all the people who dropped for COVID. There was um, a bit of hope that Ingram and Dobbins were going to be back, but that wasn't the case. So we ended up going in with a, a second string QB and a third and fourth string running back, which is just what you want when you're playing an, an undefeated team. Didn't a player get it? Two players tested a positive on the plane or something. Yeah, it's it just, I don't know. It just seemed to spiral. I mean, I kind of gave up hope in the end and, I mean, we put in a better performance than, than I thought and kept the game a lot closer than I thought it was going to go. Yeah, uh, I mean, moving straight on to that, uh, to news, other COVID news uh, was the Saints have had a half a million dollar fine and also are losing a seventh round pick. And that was because videos were circulating from uh, mascot celebrations. So I imagine there are more to come, especially with, your strength and conditioning coach Craig and the rate the Raiders had did you had a bit of problems but nothing's come out about that yet no we lost we got similar sort of fine but we lost a sixth round pick already so Stevens probably going to be losing maybe a fifth or a fourth I don't really see the consistency with these fines they seem to just be making literally making it up as they go along so you know looking at the Brooklyn with the Broncos their punishment was losing a game, essentially, because they made them play, even though they didn't have a healthy quarterback. So it's not a very consistent approach. The NFL just seem obsessed with getting all the games done, no matter what. From what they have felt, the inconsistency from especially the Broncos game, they do have guidelines. And if it is, if there is a, a like a position room that has a close contact, you're allowed to like get them all off, isolate them and still go ahead, which is what happened with the Broncos. Unfortunately, it just turned out to be the quarterback room. Then you look at like the Ravens situation, it was just a pure outbreak amongst the team. Yeah. They're very they're very different. Look, the Broncos, when you look into it, the Broncos there was gen- genuine fault on their on their part. Like Drew Locke and the other quarterbacks not wearing masks when I know when you're sitting there, you can't tell if someone's got the virus, but the protocol's coming for a reason and they didn't have any quarterbacks, but it was down to their own fault and they admitted that fault as well. So for me, there with the Broncos one, I didn't have any sort of like, you know, you messed up sadly and it's going to cost you a game. Yeah, and so we'll see where the, the other fines and um, things coming down from that, but I, I, you're probably in for a nasty surprise there, Craig, with how... It seems, how is it actually, because I, I don't think I've delved in fully to it. Do you know the story? All I know is basically a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, it was. Uh, disobeyed the rules. Yeah, so basically a trainer was, they found them to have, um, he was the original sort of source, apparently, the tested positive. He was like the common link. Um, he was found guilty and admitted to wandering around without a mask on and not wearing his tracker at times, which it's compulsory for them all to wear so they can see who they've been in close contact with. So um, I'm not sure what the punishment has been for him yet. And I know the Ravens got called out for not naming him. 
um, particularly by the Steelers, who ironically the next day ended up with a few positive COVID tests themselves. Pretty ironic. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I could see I could see us losing the draft pick ourselves for it and getting a hefty fine. That's all bad news all over. Um, let's go to a slightly better news for another team. Um, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have finally been fired from the Lions. Um, I think this has been a very long time coming and it seems to just be pure celebration by most Lions fans. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've I seen that made me laugh is Lions fan Deshaun Watson is like heads up a charity and Lions fans were donating $13 to his charity for $1 for each game that Matt Patricia won during his time he was there because he only got 13 wins which I thought you know it's not only pretty funny in English humour but at the same time all the money goes to a good cause and you know it was a bit of banter you know I thought I appreciate that I thought it was a bit of fun you know a bit of fun Didn't the Bills do that to the Bengals for was it I think it was beating you guys or something but they beat someone so yeah. the Bills made the playoffs and they donated like half a million dollars to Andy Dalton's charity but yeah, um, it's great for the Lions in the sense that they've lost both the general manager and the, obviously Matt Patricia's had enough flown about him. It's full clean house for them. Uh, how do we think they go forward? Obviously, Matt Stafford, they've got a good offensive call with Matt Stafford and Kenny Golladay and DeAndre Swift, but there is a lot of work to do. Who do any names instantly jump to mind, Tim? There's a lot of colleges, college coaches whose names always get mentioned. Uh, Riley, I can't remember the game, the guy in Oklahoma. Lincoln he's quite, thank you, Lincoln Riley. His name's quite often mentioned. I, as a fan of a team who's normally every year in this position looking for a new coach, it always annoys me when it's not very exciting, but they go for a retread coach, someone who's been fired somewhere else, and they get an old name come back in. So if I was a Lions fan, I'd be hoping for someone young and exciting rather than just an old retread. Yeah, the young the young coaches are the ones that seem to be doing like really good things at the yeah. moment. They're just coming in with you know <clears throat> exciting offenses with with all these play schemes, and they just bring a brand new culture. I know obviously the Lions ownership isn't too isn't massively popular with the fans, so it'd be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, if you just follow the trends of like a you know a Sean McVay, um, like almost just in sort of along those lines. It could just be exciting. The Lions need a reason to be excited. They haven't had one in so long. So it'd be nice for them to have that. On the Lions, they'll pick up Bill O'Brien. That's about <laughs> this year. <laughs> they'll grab one of the coaches that's been fired. If, if anyone grabs one of the coaches that have been fired this year, it's just, I'm trying to think of is, is there one coach you can kind of make a case for? You've got Bill O'Brien, Adam Gase, probably. You just think to pick up Gase, that would be quite a Lions move. <laughs> See, there's going to be a fair few coaches fired before the end of the season. I've seen a lot of Anthony Glynn rumours that he's going to get the can because of the number of games the Chargers are lost, which is down to coaching. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll go into their game later, but he kind of looks like he deserves to be fired. But he is a good coach, apart from obvious things he does wrong. Um, let's move on to some other news, injuries and the like. So Will Fuller, um, Texans receiver, got to absolutely destroy the Lions and then got suspended for six weeks uh, for PEDs. So that's quite a big blow for the Texans losing their best receiver. 
just silly in it. It's just it's one of those things. I mean, he's been injured, sort of like in and out, in and out, and then he's finally he's finally putting a good season behind him, and then yeah, it just gets done for that. I think the light thing for him is like teams don't get too strayed away from players with like sort of PDs as they would to sort of other circumstances of being suspended. But yeah, it's just a shame because he was doing so well. Yeah, he's the he's their deep threat. He's I don't know. He's he's what I guess what keeps a lot of defenses honest, and he has been playing well for them in the last couple of games. Um, it's I don't know. Like it's 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 only going to hurt that offense on a team that was finally starting to what look like turn things around and get the ball rolling a bit. Yeah, it's just they're in such a bad position after losing Bill as well because they've not even got a first rounder as well. So it might, it, it, yeah. I'd be it'd be hard to be a Texans fan right now. Um, Steelers lost Bud Dupree this week or yesterday. Um, ACL tear, so that's pretty significant on that defensive front. That's got you, you say a name and you've probably found a star, but he's been doing really well along with Tua and Watt on that front line. Yeah, it wasn't even from a hit or a tackle and anything like that. When I seen him go down, he was literally just coming off the edge, rushing round, and him. Um, it was just as he was about to cut, you see his knee wobble and he just he just hit the ground hard and you could see he was in quite a lot of pain. Always hate to see that. And um, other bad news is Colts punter Rigoberto Sanchez uh, has announced he's got cancer and he's having surgery on Tuesday. So um, best wishes to him and his family. Uh, make sure it's through that. Um, final bit of news is that the 49ers have moved to Arizona. Um, pretty alarming headline, but Tim, do you want to give us the background on it? Yeah, basically the, the leader of Santa Clara County where they're based has decreed there's no sporting events outside. So they can't play in Santa Clara, so they've got to move. Do you know what stadium they're playing at? Are they going to the, the, with play with the Cardinals or what? No. I would assume it, would be, sure, it must be them, surely. It's, I don't think it is the Cardinals. I can't remember what stadium it is. I think it could be a, a college when they go to don't hold me to right. that but I think but you know they've been sent to Arizona and where they are corona cases I think are three times the number <laughs> so they've just been sent into like a worse I, like, I don't get me wrong I get you know they're <laughs> them wanting to cut right. the cases down okay. where they are and, and I get that but they've just gone yeah go over there like they'll deal they'll deal with you you're not our problem anymore I feel a bit bad for the 49ers you know we're, we're 12 weeks in it's just like, yeah, let them have... You only just start to feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah, well, they've, no. got, they've not just got to play there. They've got to practice there and basically live there now for, until mm-hmm. the, the sanctions in Santa Clara end. You know what I mean? And you can go go back home. Leave their families as well for like six weeks at least. Like, Around Christmas time, like holiday time. Holiday yeah. Time. yeah it's, you know, it's According cool. to Sports Illustrated, they're, yeah, they're playing in the Cardinal Stadium. Oh, they are. Sorry, I got that wrong. So that also makes that doubly as dangerous. <laughs> um, it's interesting, though, just a complete side note on the 49ers. Obviously, we know the year before their Super Bowl run, Jimmy Garoppolo went down. They went, what, like 2-14 and 14 and got a really good draft pick and got Bosa out of it. It looks like a similar story. They've lost their two best players. They are not tanking, but we know they're not going to get a great draft pick. So we could see here they pick up a, an all right draft pick in a very t- tough division and maybe that's going to be push them over the edge next year. Um, 
I'm going to come in with a completely opposite argument in my uh, game preview a bit later on, Adam. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, why do I suck at uh, every week of predictions? I just can't seem to get anything. I put money on the Broncos and then bloody no quarterbacks. It just doesn't seem to work. The, mate, the Raiders, the Raiders let me down big time. <laughs> we'll we'll get onto that very quickly. Uh, Tim, do you want to take us over how last week went for us all? <laughs> Yep, I will do. Uh, pretty good week all around, apart from you, Adam. Uh, Joe, you got 12. You got the Pats game spot on. I got 11. I got the Seahawks game spot on. Uh, Craig, you also got 11. got the Bills spot on. Adam, you got nine. So overall standings, not a lot of change. Uh, uh, Joe, you're way ahead on 144. I'm on 137. Craig, one point behind me, 136. And then Adam, you're on 126. So a bit of work to do this. I'll get one good week. That's all I need. So I'm just going to start copying Joe for everything. I had to mm-hmm. live stream him, the Patriots getting that field. Oh. And I was like, ha ha, you chose the Cardinals. And I was like, no, I chose the Pats by three. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I my, hope that, my, my hope then is that you kiss Joe. By you picking what Joe picks, it makes Joe off a bad week and then me and Tim can pull ahead. <laughs> Adam, Adam, no, no, we don't need to be doing that. <laughs> I would have wanted Adam was a very, very good friend, actually. I, I was watching Pat's Cardinals and like it was it was literally the last second, Nick folks lining up the kick and my skybox just froze. And I was like running around the house like, what is going on? Why is it frozen? I put a message going, oh my God, my skybox is frozen. Adam, video call, films it. And then, yeah, I got to glow about my prediction. Yeah, so all fun. I feel like the kid that no one wants on their team. <laughs> um, any bold predictions come in last week? No. No. He had one all season. I think I got one right at the beginning, and that was it. Um, so, yeah, let's go straight on into next week. Uh, I have got the first game. Oh, no, I'm looking at the long week. No, I'm not. I have the first game that has been delayed, which is why I'm confused that it's the beginning. I've got the Cowboys at the Ravens, which has been pushed back as we don't want the Ravens playing two nights on the trot. Um, so for the Cowboys at Ravens, the Cowboys come into a bit of an ass whipping off the Washington football team. Um, I know I enjoyed watching it. I don't know about you guys. Um, they were a team that I, the defense I thought was turning the corner. I thought they'd been terrible all year and they'd started putting up some decent numbers against the Steelers and the Eagles. Um, and then they got embarrassed. Uh, they lost 21 points alone in the last quarter. Um, they looked all right through the air, uh, which you'd hope they would. Um, Andy Dalton connected with uh, Amari Cooper for six uh, catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, they, they, fortunately, they have still got one one side of the offense going. Uh, but everything else was really shoddy. Um, they lost their all-pro. He was playing tackle, but Zach, Zach Martin, their all-pro right guard, uh, went out um, with, their, I think it was a calf injury, and he was instantly ruled out. So I don't know if he's coming back for the season, but yeah, just still more bad news uh, for the league and the Cowboys. Zeke ran for 32 yards uh, against a pretty important divisional rival. And I, I forgot how much his contract is, but I know it's like 70 million, six years. And I think he's had one 100-yard rushing game this season. So not really what you want to be getting out of him. Um, On to the Ravens side, we've, had a little chat before about it. I'm sure Craig's got quite a few things to say, but to briefly go over this, um, they are not currently the favoured team by the football gods. Obviously, the, the COVID outbreaks, the worst we've seen this year, I'd say. 
Uh, and then obviously they they struggle without Lamar Jackson, um, who it's interesting because it, watching the game, the Ravens did everything they needed to to win that game. And if they had Lamar Jackson with them, they they probably, in all honesty, would have won that game. Um, although the Steelers do play down to uh, most opponents. Um, Robert uh, Griffin III he did admirably uh, for what was asked of him. Um, but yeah, it didn't look to be 100%. Uh, and against that Steelers D, which we all know is absolutely monstrous right now. Um, he kept him pretty quiet. He had a few nice design runs off, but it's the team that's going to push you so hard in the middle that you can't really do those designed runs. Um, Trace McSorley came in. He had one really big play with Hollywood Brown, um, where it, it, one of the nicest dukes this year that Hollywood Brown put on that secondary was really, really good. Um, but yeah, outside of that, there wasn't much to speak of. Um, going into the game, Ravens, Hopefully, we'll be back to most of their starting lineup. Uh, with this narrative, I'm, I'm assuming that Lamar Jackson's going to be back and most of the important players. Uh, biggest matchup that I can see is the Cowboys' D line against um, the, the Ravens' O line and Lamar. So uh, Lamar's running game. Um, the Ravens' defense—it's—it's it's always. If, even if they've not got the talent on the field, they're a very well-trained and coached side. You'll normally see the, the Ravens' defence doing well. Marcus Peters is a really good cornerback as well. He normally keeps um, the main player out of the game. Having said that, uh, the Cowboys do have three very good wide receivers. So um, hopefully the Ravens are, are good enough to kind of keep the ceiling low on that Cowboys offence because if they do blow up, they can blow up. Um, but yeah, back to the D-line versus the O-line. R- Randy Gregory starting to look nice. Demarcus Lawrence is having a really good year from the eyeball test. But it's if, if that O-line's struggling, I know you lost, uh, what's his name, the right tackle um, earlier on. So you are starting to suffer a bit on the injury front. Uh, but if the Cowboys can keep you in the pocket, Craig, I think that's what will let the Cowboys win if they can get the offense going as well. But I don't see Zeke doing much again because the, the Ravens' defense is really good. Uh, so I've got the Ravens taking this one by 10. What do you think about this, Craig? Um, I I don't know. I think if the, I think the defense is going to be a bit beaten up um, from last night's game. Um, the uh, Peters had a great game, but he, you know, he hobbled off towards the end. He was everywhere that night, uh, last night. Um, I think offensively, on the offensive line, we looked a lot more steady. There's been a lot of shuffling around. I know we, we've had our third centre um, for the third week running, um, but the snapping was pretty consistent. Um, I think it could be, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think it could be the end of RG3 maybe. I think McSorley come in with a, he come in with a lot of a lot of hype. I know we had a lot of big numbers in college and stuff like that. RG3, I think when he has come in, over you know, over the time he's been with us, he's. I mean, I feel for him because I always had high hopes for him, but I don't think he's quite performed as well as people think would expect for him. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, it's it's tough to say because I don't really know who's going to be back and who's not. I know Lamar Jackson. He, he the game falls. This I think it's the same day or the day before is. Um, isolation period ends so it'll literally be like a, a game day decision or just like a night before decision whether we know he's playing or not um it's just it's just going to be a waiting game at the moment to see see what kind of team we've got to, to go up against them 
and what score do you have it going by? Uh, I have Ravens taking it by six. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same as Craig. I've got Ravens by six. I think in yesterday's game, the, one of the most disappointing things to me, I was getting really behind the Ravens. I think a lot of people, a lot of neutrals, were right behind them after the amount of players they'd lost. But it was the end of the second quarter that you mentioned it just before we came on, Craig, about you should have got the touchdown. It was the taking the timeout on what on second down, wasn't it, with about 20-odd seconds to go to the final timeout. I yeah. don't know, it just... I think it was just a bit of a rash decision and, you know, you would have taken the three points there in that game where it was so tight and it was so obviously yeah. a defensive game. It, you know, it was just a, a bit game, but no, I think the Ravens are going to bounce back. You know, the, they've had that sort of week off where they're playing, well, half their team was reserves effectively. Uh, and I think, yeah, they're going to come back solidly, uh, win by six points. I've said I've said this before time and again and I know you feel like I'm just sort of ranting a bit but the refereeing has been awful and I think yeah. particularly in both games where we played the Steelers and you know I think it was it was all capped off by that spot at the end of the night where it come to the Steelers getting a first that first down to end the game and you can clearly see daylight between the post and the ball. Like Stevie Wonder could see that space between them. You know what I mean? Like you can, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm lost for words. Like, no, I'll back you on that, mate. Yeah, that decision was dreadful. That was yeah. very dreadful. That interception by Titus Bowser, which is also the coolest linebacker known in the game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who went to try and like tackle him down, but some receiver just like ran into him. And he didn't even flinch, and the receiver just bounced straight off. It was so funny. <laughs> Tim, how have you got this score turning out? I'm with the rest here. I've got the Ravens winning by seven. I think even with the troubles that they've had, they're still going to be too strong for the Cowboys. Okay. Um, your game, Joe, you've got Saints at Falcons. Yes, uh, Saints Falcons. So this is well, it's one of the biggest rivalries in, in the NFL. The Falcons, uh, well, they come into this game, and I'll mention it very quickly, uh, Tim, after a big 43-6 win against the Raiders. It was a game in which their sort of long-missing defence showed up big time. Uh, They had four fumble recoveries and an interception, and they managed to get 43 points with only 304 yards of offence. So it's quite clearly there the defence were the, the big players. Raheem Morris, he's enjoyed himself as interim coach. You know, he's four and two since taking over. And he seems to have turned the Falcons right around. I mean, their record says four and seven, but they're a very dangerous team, especially right at the moment. The Saints, they are coming into this. Their win against the Broncos, a very depleted Broncos team with no quarterbacks. It was effectively a bye week for them. I know I'm not an NFL head coach, but starting Taysom Hill at quarterback, it it just doesn't make too much sense to me. I mean, yes... It lost, well, since he's been in the NFL, he's not been amazing, Jameis Winston, but he is, you know, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's sitting on the bench. You see the photos of him just holding the clipboard. And he must just be thinking, how have I got here? I've got a mate who isn't really a quarterback, playing quarterback, and I'm here holding all the notes and all the plays. It must be really frustrating for him. You know, Hill only had 78 passing yards last week. Granted, that's all they needed. But at the end of the day, 78 passing yards. But the the biggest thing for me, and this is where I think it's going to really affect the Saints, especially against a team like the Falcons, is that Kamara has gone silent since Drew Brees has gone. Taysom Hill being at quarterback, 
limits them to what they can do. Kamara, a big part of his game this year has, has been his receiving, has just been being a bit of a scat back, getting the ball and just going. And he's just not been able to do that since Taysom Hill's come in, which is, I think is quite worrying. I just think you give your team a better chance of winning when you've got Jameis Winston at quarterback, Taysom Hill carrying on what he's doing and just being able to include everyone. But, you know, who am I to talk? The, I think since last year when Teddy Bridgewater came in, the Saints are 7-0 and without Drew Brees in the last two seasons. So something seems to be working, but I wonder if it could end uh, this week. Uh, in regards to the rivalry, in the last uh, three years, the Saints have dominated. Uh, they've gone 5-1 and one in the past six games. However, I don't know. I, the Saints have... You know, they've been on a great winning streak. However, I think this could be the end of it. I've got, you know, I feel, I'm feeling like Craig at the moment, really back in the Falcons, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, I've got the Falcons to win this, and I've got them to win by seven. I'm so struggling to do this game. And you're right, because Taysom Hill sucks as a, a main quarterback. Please just use Jamis. Like Mike, you've got Michael Thomas as a receiver. who's just not getting the ball. I think he's questionable coming into this game. But then he's been questionable pretty much the whole season, so that doesn't really make much of a difference. Saints defense is really starting to turn up, though, and as as again we'll try and skip over it quickly. After they they really beat down on the Raiders, it wasn't the game before they they did they lay an egg? I can't remember who they played. Um, let me quickly just check our sheets. Uh, but yeah, Falcons they lost to the Saints the week before this actually. So like. I think the Saints are just a better team, and the Falcons did have a lot of momentum going. Oh, I'm, I'm still, I'm just trying to make myself decide. Tim, can you talk about the Saints a bit? I can't. Uh, why they keep playing Taysom Hill? I don't know. You know, you've got a half decent quarterback there. Just put him in. Uh, my pick is Saints by three. I don't think the Falcons are better than the Saints, and also I've got to catch up to Joe. So I'm doing some opposites. So I'm going Saints by three. Okay, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that the Falcons are better than the Saints. What I do feel like is, I feel like the Falcons can outscore the Saints, and if the defense even half turns up as good as it did against the Raiders the other day, I think that will be the difference maker. But you want to know what the real difference maker is? Here's who was limited at practice: Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Oh, Gurley and Julio Jones didn't play against yeah, the Raiders, exactly. so they still they're, put 43 points out. So we don't know if they're going to play. And if all three of them were starting, I'd happily put my money behind the Falcons. The Saints, though, are a one-man offense. Everything is Kamara. It pretty much has been all season, because Michael I, Thomas has barely no, played. You've, you've persuaded me. But the, but the Saints, the, you know, the Saints... Um, Saints defense is good, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't, it's, and it's the two teams that are familiar with each other. So like, it's, it's always tough to say when you've got two big rivals going up against each other that know each other so well. Even in seasons where one team tends to be struggling, usually when you have two teams come together that know each other so well, it's always close, regardless of how of how good one is. Normally, anyway, Falcons by two. It, all I can think now is how much abuse we're going to get on Facebook and Twitter for putting the Saints, three of us having the Saints Every lose. Yeah, They're same. like worse than Cowboys fans. Yeah. They're unbearable. Poli- I apologise. I imagine not all Saints fans are unbearable. Don't, 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 you know, send in all your hate mail. Everyone and come. at him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, don't at me, bro. Um, you know, I know a few Saints fans that aren't like that, but honestly, like, the amount of hate we get on Twitter and stuff and the abuse and the just intolerable fans, I think, out of the NFL, a good chunk of them at the minute seem to be coming from a select number of Saints fans, I'll say. Okay, okay Craig, Lions at Bears. Yeah, anyway, yeah, let's just start off my rant and start with something else. Um, yeah, so both, both the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears have been here. Were left licking the, the wounds a little bit after what happened to them last week. Um, the two teams that they're going to get come together for the second time this season. Bears won it first time round, and I guess the question is just which team's going to bounce back. So um, we'll, I guess, for the, in the sake of the Lions, we'll find out um, if they're, how how they're going to attempt to try and pick up the pieces after the team's ownership hit the reset button and decided to sack Matt Patricia and general manager Bob Quinn after the 25-14 to 14 home loss to the Houston Texans back on the, um, on the Thursday night in the Thanksgiving game. Given the reported level of bitterness from the players towards Patricia, seeing him gone might just be the catalyst and the kick up the arse that the, the team needs to give him, give him that motivation to get out there and, and turn things around. As for more sort of tangible needs, I think the the Lions are going to want to see Kenny Galladay back. They've really missed him since he's been out and he's missed the last few weeks now with a hip injury and his status is still up in the air at the moment. So fingers crossed they get him back. That would be a, a big help for them. Danny Amendola and, and TJ Hawkinson, well, they, they've led the Lions receiving court in week one when they beat them, uh, 27-23, to 23. Um, uh, when they lost to them, sorry. Hawkinson had a uh, 56 Receiving yards and a touchdown and um, five receptions on that night. And Amandola, he was their best receiver on the night. He had 81 receiving yards and five for five catches. Adrian Peterson led Detroit that night on the ground with 93 rushing yards and 14 carries. And he might get the start again this time with um, the rookie DeAndre Swift still out with a concussion. So um, I guess the ageless one there, he could really sort of go to try and go to town on his defense again. On the other side of the ball, in the case of the Bears, well. I guess the too many Bears fans' frustration, Chicago, they decided to try Mitch Trubisky again, a quarterback last week. Um, and they got pretty much the same old results as you'd expect from Mitch, from Mitch Trubisky. I see Tim shaking his head there. Um, it was a, a letdown performance, in all honesty. Um, a 41-24 to blowout road loss to the impressive-looking Green Bay Packers at the moment. Um, Trubisky went 26-46 for 242 passing yards and three touchdowns and then he also had two interceptions and, and lost the fumble so it's not, not exactly what you want out of your QB the, um, you know, the Bears I guess by now they know the risk of starting Trubisky and you should, they should know by now what you're going to get with them and if they want to turn things around and I guess they're just going to have to start accepting the limitations that they've got a quarterback and embrace more of a run-heavy attack, in my opinion. Use David Montgomery more and, and get him to head that because he seems to be the, the sort of the main driving force in that offense, in my opinion. He had 103 rushing yards on 11 carries in that Green Bay game. Um, he also had 40 receiving yards and a touchdown on five catches, so he can clearly do it all. Um, if, the Bears, if the Bears feed Montgomery and get him a lot of touches against this Detroit run defense that's just 25th in the league, I think they've allowed, uh, what did they write down, 133 rushing yards allowed per game on average. Um, I mean, I can I can see this likely being a close, low-scoring game between the two, quite run-heavy possibly. Um, I've got Bears taking this one by four. I've got the Bears taking this one by four as well. Um, 
Lions are going to have a new coach in this one. Daryl Bell will take it over, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. Uh, I think the Bears D is going to have a good game. It's, it's just really hard because the, the Bears offense, whether it's play calling, whether it's talent, whether it's a mix of both, which it is, the offense is crap. And the Lions defense is crap. But then you've got the Lions offense, which has potential to be good. Um, Adrian Peterson is normally pretty consistent. DeAndre Swift, if he plays, is a, is a playmaker. Um, even if Kenny Golladay's out, what's his name, Marvin Jones Jr., he is good. And TJ Hawkinson's really good. But the, the Bears defense is really good. So I, I don't know which one's going to be, which one's going to fail me. I've got the Bears by six, but like if, if the Lions offense is any good, they should win. <laughs> Did struggle. Um, yeah, it's tough because the, the Bears' defense is, is great. They've they've been one of the, they've been a top top class unit all year. Uh, however, the Bears were one of three teams to take part in No Win November, so they they've sort of got that going. Um, and I just think the Lions are just going to have a real big sort of like bounce back after Patricia going. As you said, Craig, I, th- I think they just got, you know, they, they didn't really like him. They're going to go out there and they've, they've got talent on the roster. And I, I think they're going to maybe just be a bit too much for, for the Bears. So I've got the Lions to win by four. I don't think a team's lost after it's fired its coach this year, which is really annoying. Yeah, that, that did cross my mind and it did sort of tempt me to pick the Lions. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm still over an island now about flitting off. Oh, no, it's Mitch Trubisky. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm changing. I'm flipping. No, I think I'm going to join you, you know. <laughs> I'm going to take the Lions by three. Oh, I love a flip. Well, I'm going to go Lions by four. Sorry, Tim. I'm, I'm psyching you all out. So now I, if I win this one, that means I get ahead of you all. Yeah, you're going to get ahead of me. Good job. moving on to your game Tim you've got your Raiders hopefully having a bit of an easier time we have to do this one right (laughs) no I'm not before we start I'm staying Bears right go on move on right so last week the Raiders lost 6-43 to the Falcons turnovers penalties and bad coaching Derek Carr had his worst game of the season if not his career uh, three strip sacks resulted in turnover and he also threw a pick six Derek Carr now leads the league in fumbles with 11 uh, second only to Carson Wentz that's something to be proud of Josh Jacobs actually fumbled twice one of them was overturned and I don't know why it was overturned but there you go and also just to throw into the pot 11 penalties for 141 yards uh, nowhere near our record which is 23 penalties in a game but where was plan B? We just didn't have a plan B. We were just doing the same thing over and over again. The Falcons aren't that good. But when you give them that much position, field position, they're just going to score. So uh, it was a terrible day at the office, and it is exactly the same as last season. We were in the same position, 6-4, and four, and that time we got beaten by the Jets, and then we only won one game after this. So Jets last week, they lost, as usual, to the Dolphins, 20-3. Uh, Jets had no answer for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sam Darnold returned, but it didn't do him any good anyway. Uh, he threw two interceptions. The Jets he actually did make a few plays. Quinn and Williams, he forced a fumble, but the offense couldn't do anything with it anyway, so it was a waste of time, quite frankly. 
Um, so this is a must win for the Raiders. Lose this and season's over. I'm not being that dramatic about that. If we lose, we're out of the playoff run. Got no chance. Jets have got the 29th ranked defense and the 32nd ranked offense. Um, and the Jets are obviously trying to lose. Sam Darnold will have three of his starting receivers back. Whether that makes a difference or not, I don't know. Uh, Raiders will have Cleland Farrell back and possibly Trended Brown will actually make an appearance once. So I've got the Raiders winning by seven. Yeah, it's just, it's got to be a game where you, the, 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 the big kid gets to punch the small nerdy kid in the face a bit just to kind of cheer up. Um, so I've got the Raiders taking it by 12. I think the, I think the pressure's on the Raiders, so I think they're going to have mm-hmm. to show up. Um, I've got Raiders by six. Um, in all honesty, I think it could be a lot more than that because I think from what I have seen of this Jets team so far, um, I mean, I've followed, I followed the NFL now for a good, what, 11, 12 years maybe now. I think it's something like that. And this Jets team's genuinely one of the worst teams I've seen in the whole time I've been watching football. Like, it's, it's just bad. It really is bad, especially that offense. Like, it's, it's god awful. Um, so, yeah, I think Raiders take this one. I've got them taking it by six. Yeah, I'm same as Craig. Got Raiders by six, and I'm certain. I'm I'm. I was thinking about, it, but now I'm certain that the Jets are keeping Adam Gase. They're keeping him for that number one pick. There's no other reason they they want to keep him. They want to do rubbish. Thank you, Adam. Cheers for the first round. Sorry, the first overall pick. Go away. You're done. Bring in a new coach. And hello, Trevor Lawrence. It's it's just it's quite obvious now. Problem is, you are trusting the Jets to be smart. The problem is, is that we could take someone who is supposed to be a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence, and we're going to hand them to the Jets. Yeah, if they give him a new mm-hmm. head coach, that's actually going to be good. I'll be fine with it. But if they keep Gase and give him Trevor Lawrence, like, good lord, yeah, end the sport. That's they, they can't keep Gase. There's no way they keep him after season. Surely. That's when the NFL has to step in and take over because that's when you know something's not right if they keep Gates after the season. So on to the next game. It is me. I've got the Browns at the Titans. So there's two things that obviously immediately jump out to you and it's Derek Henry and the best word in the NFL, chunt. Um, so Titans come off a really huge win where Derek Henry and company had just dumpstered the best defence in the league. Um 178 yards and three touchdowns for Derek Henry on the ground, which like if, I don't know if you watch the game or watch any of his games, it's, it doesn't get different. He, he does the same thing week in, week out. And every time I go against the Titans, I need to remember me saying that. Um, AJ Brown went for 98 yards and a touchdown. He's looking, he, he's a really good receiver, honestly. He's, he's not flashy. He's much more of a yak receiver than anything. He'll catch it in the midfield and then just get his absurd runs off. Um, I know Craig's team was subject to one of those. Um, Corey Davis, opposite the field to him. He's in his fourth year, I think, and he's finally starting to look a bit good. I know um, he's been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Looking at the Browns from last week, uh, they get Miles Garrett back, they hope, um, which is really needed because they didn't sack Mike Glennon, um, which is pretty impressive in itself. Um, Jarvis Landry had a really good game. 143 yards on eight catches. Uh, he's always been very consistent for the Browns, and I think he's starting to take on a bit of a leadership role now that OBJ's um, out of the spotlight. Um, Chunt, which is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, 
um, who are also just great together because whenever one gets mentioned, they'll always be like, you forgot about my other guy. Um, but they went for 200 yards again last week uh, on the Jags. Um, Baker Mayfield does enough to keep the offense going. Uh, that's all they need of him right now. And he just needs to slowly keep getting better. Uh, it's going to be a really, really cool game. Um, it's just probably the two best rushing teams in the league right now going up against each other. Um, Miles Garrett coming back in gives the Browns a, a way to even the game out. Because if Miles Garrett was out, they don't win this game. He's been phenomenal off the edge this year. He's so important for that defense. Um, the Titans, I, I just think, can do more. Uh, if, if you look at their top three offensive players, you've got Tannehill, Brown, and Henry over Mayfield, um, Chunt, and Landry. And if you put those three names up together, I, 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 I lean towards the Titans, and that's the only reason uh, I'm taking the Titans to win this game. Um, Titans by 12 for me. I'm going Browns by six. Uh, I think basically the only reason the Browns' defense is better than the Titans' D, so I think they're they're in with a chance there. So that's that's my reasoning. Yeah, I've gone Browns too. Uh, Browns by three. Um, I think, like you said, Chunt, as you so nicely put it. Um, I I don't know. Kareem Hunt and Chubb really impressed me. Like, I, 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 you know, it's weird saying that about a Browns team, but I really do enjoy watching them play. Um, they're really versatile in what they do. Like you said, Lanzi's finally, finally had that big game last week and really went off. Um, yeah, I think as long as, as Baker shows up and has a half decent day, I think the Browns, Browns can take this. Yeah, I'm just sat here wondering if we need to censor chant or not. Um, I have got the Titans to win this. <laughs> Similar to what you said earlier, Adam, you go you go against the Titans for some reason. They just sort of I don't know why we did, they were a very good team, but the opinion of them isn't as high as I think as it should be. Probably because their defense is pretty pretty naff, but that offense is just so explosive and just just so so good when it gets going. And they showed that last week. Also, this game is probably going to be about an hour and a half long, isn't it? Because it's just going to be pure, pure running. I was going to put my bold prediction that like it's one of the shortest games this season or something. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great one to watch. Yeah, Titans to win this. I've got Titans by 10. Okay. I'm loving that, Joe. Loving it. Okay. So, your next game, you've got the Jags at the Vikings. Yeah. So, I've got Jags at Vikings. These are two very interesting teams, I believe. The Jags, uh, they're on their way to a, a top pick in next year's draft, uh, even though they've kept it very close in many games, including last week, um, as we were just talking there, they were edged out by two points against the Browns. The Vikings, they've been improving their record uh, rather quietly uh, as of recent. They beat an impressive Panthers, well, impressively coached Panthers team last week, meaning that they've gone four and one in their last four in their last five games. And with them being, well, fortunately for them in the NFC, it means they're right in the playoff race, especially if they go and win this game against the Jags. For the Jags, uh, if Gardner Minshew's thumb isn't healed in time, it is likely that Mike Glennon will start a quarterback, which, I mean, yeah, people were laughing at sort of a week ago or so. But I don't think that'd be too awful because he wasn't actually too bad on Sunday. You know, he threw for, he threw for 235 yards and two touchdowns. I think as well, when you look at the Jags offense, uh, James Robinson, he had another great week. He was uh, 
I believe, nominated for <clears throat> Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, and I'm expecting him to have another good game, especially against the Vikings' defense. I would say he's in the Offensive Rookie of the Year chat for me. Uh, he's just one of those players who's he's having a really, really good season, but because he plays for the Jaguars maybe isn't shown up and isn't, you know, he's not on prime time as much and people aren't too aware of the good work that he's putting in, but he's been having a, a great season and real bright spot for the Jaguars future. Fortunately for the Vikings, Adam Thielen should be back from the COVID list after he missed last week. And Dalvin Cook, he, um, he picked up an ankle injury last week and he, he went off, but he did come back and finish the game. It does seem like he should be okay, whether he's going to be sort of at full capacity for snaps, I'm not too sure, but he is, he is going to hopefully play. For me, like that, that's just enough. I think the Vikings are the, the better team quite clearly anyway, and with those two superstars back playing, uh, I believe they're going to win this. And Well, I wouldn't say comfortably because, you know, the, as I mentioned, the, uh, the, sorry, the Jags, they've been keeping it very close with all these big teams. They've, they've done really well, and I, I think they're going to do the same here. I've got the Vikings to win by three. Yeah, um, you're right about James Robinson, but it just further proves the point. You don't need to pay running backs because every year there's like two or three undrafted or very late round running backs. You look like Antonio Gibson, James Robinson this year. They're doing fantastic. And you and the higher paid one, CMC's injured. Zeke's crap for the season and Saquon's out for the season. So it is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um it is going to be close. I think you're right, but I think the Vikings have just the better, better coaching to take them into the, the win. So I've got the Vikings sneaking by by three again. I don't think it's going to be that close. I've got the Vikings by 10. Yeah, I think the Jags are feisty, but I think eventually, the um, like you said, the Vikings seem to be improving just that little bit every week. Um, I think they'll pull away. I am towards the end of the game and take this one by 10. Okay. Just having said that, I think the the Panthers lost that game uh, with very bad coaching. Uh, Craig, your next game, you got the Colts and Texans. Yeah. So, um, the Indianapolis Colts, after losing control of the first place spot, where they were sitting pretty in the AFC South, I think they're going to be hopefully planning to get back in the win column and, and take that back. The Colts got um, tipped up by the Tennessee Titans um, last weekend. They lost 45-26, to 26, which led to the Colts just falling instantly out of the playoff picture. Um, Phillip Rivers went 24-42, 295 yards and two touchdowns with an interception, while the Colts' backfield made just 56 rushing yards on 21 carries. That's, that's not great. Um, that rushing attack seems to be really sort of underperforming, I think, at the moment. Um, though it did produce two touchdowns, so I guess it might not be getting the yardage, but I guess it's the touchdowns that count at the end of the day. The Colts didn't have star rookie running back Jonathan Taylor uh, in that game, as he was put on the, the COVID-19 list prior to, to the game. It remains uncertain at the minute whether he's going to be back, but um, you got Hines and Wilkins to, you know, they, they put up an efficient performance on the ground at least, hopefully between the two of them. Houston is 31st in the NFL against the run, so it shouldn't be too difficult for them, you'd hope. They're allowing 157 rushing lads per game on average, 
So it's not great for, for, for them, which is surprising, to be honest, because when you think of the Texans, you think of, of what and such. Um, meanwhile, the Colts' defense should have an easier time making stops than it did against, the, you know, in the in the Tennessee game. Houston is going to be without Randall Cobb and Will Fuller, uh, and they're also without David Johnson. Um, so you've got some big key guys missing for them in that offense. I think keeping Philip Rivers clean in this game is going to be vital. You know, Rivers he, he really struggles in games where he, he he doesn't have time in the pocket. It means giving him. I think that that's going to mean giving help to the Raven Clark who. Um, He's going to be subbing in at left tackle in this game. Um, I think he's going to be a big factor in, in helping him out and in keeping Rivers clean in that pocket because uh, he's likely going up going to be going up against JJ Watt on the majority of snaps, containing the Sean Watson and, and keeping him from making plays outside the pocket. Is also going to be a big factor because let's be honest, it's he's got an uncanny knack for scrambling and feeling pressure and extending plays. He's a bit of a Houdini, so it's not easily done, but they're going to have to do the job to try and sort of contain him. There's also been a lot of penalties given up from the Colts in the last few weeks, particularly from the offensive line. Um, so mental mistakes and, and unnecessary penalties, I think, will will keep the Texans in this game and keep it a bit more competitive than the Colts liked. On the on the other side of the ball for the Texans, will they had a pretty good dance and they celebrated by um, causing the fighting of Matt Patricia, as we talked about earlier. Um, the Texans they, they beat the Detroit Lions 41 to 25, hugely on the strength of the Sean Watson's arm. Watson went 17 for 25 and 318 passing yards, four touchdowns without a single interception. So a pretty good day from Deshaun Watson. The the Texans, they'll try and keep that winning streak going after, as we were talking about earlier, sadly receiving some some bad news this week in regards to some of their players. Will Fuller, he had a big night that night, 171, 171 receiving yards and two touchdowns on six catches. But with him suspended for the rest of the year after testing positive for a PED, that's him... Um, that's banned in the NFL, then they're relying on on Kiki and Jordan Atkins and, and Brandon Cooks. They'll, they're just going to have to step up and keep that Houston passing attack going for them, which is, I think, the real threat in this offense because there's there's not an awful lot coming out of the, the run game at the moment, especially with Johnson out. The Texans, they're averaging about 277 passing yards a game, which is the third most in the NFL, 8.4 yards per pass, which is the highest in the league overall. Um, which surprised me. That's that, actually. Um, although, they, like I said, they don't have Johnson. The Texans can rely on Duke Johnson, the other Johnson, um, to take advantage of the cultural and defence, which has allowed 140 rushing yards over Indianapolis's last four games. They're, they're going to want to get J.J. Watt lined up across from from Clark, as I was saying, as I mentioned earlier, who, who's going to be subbing in at left tackle. They'll, they'll want to set up that, that run to free up Watson and... Um, to, so he can throw and to try and keep the, the run game going away from defensive tackle. Grover Stewart, who according to Pro Football Focus, has 20 run stops on the season. I think another key factor is going to be getting off in this game fast and just getting a good quick start, getting a bit of a lead, so that'll be a huge advantage. The Colts are, are an offense that like long drives and then, and like a chew-the-clock type offense, and they struggle, I think, when they're trying to come from behind because of that. So forcing them to throw more and, and making Rivers throw that deep ball rather than his little Brady choppy passes and um I think was really take them out that comfort zone. The Colts have allowed on average at twenty six points in the first half in the last three games, so it is doable. Sean Watson he's gonna he's gonna have to extend plays, I think, with his legs where the Colts can be 
be vulnerable with, with coverage breakdowns, which could, could go in their favour. I think missing Fuller and Johnson, it's going to be a big loss for this offence, and I'm I'm going to go with the Colts, I think, by four. Yeah, I mean, the injuries and suspensions and that from the offence, it's like they've, they've just clipped their wings, and the Colts have a nice little game. Colts by nine. I've got Colts by eight. Yeah, after losing Fuller and Roby, I think that's it really for uh, the Texans. Otherwise, I think it would have been a close one. I've got the Colts by nine. Okay, moving over to the other conferences. Uh, Tim, you've got the Rams at Cardinals. So it was a bad week for both teams. The Rams lost to the 49ers, and it was a bad game for everyone on the Rams who were not named Aaron Donald. Uh, 49ers appear to work out uh, Sean McVay and Goff. Uh, they're now beating the Rams twice a season. Goff had four turnovers in the first 31 minutes. Goff and McVay imploded in the fourth quarter. They gave the ball back to the 49ers, allowed them to drive for the game-winning field goal. Uh, on the other hand, the Cardinals lost to the Patriots 20-17. to uh, Something's definitely wrong with the Cardinals. Uh, coming to this game, the, the offense was number one, averaged 414 yards. The Pats held them to 298. Uh, Murray says he wasn't limited by a shoulder injury, but he clearly was. Uh, he finished 23 of 34, 170 yards and one interception. The Cardinals haven't beaten the Rams since the last game of 2016 season. Uh, they've now lost two on the bounce and they're underdogs against the Rams. Kyler Murray's injured and he's not playing well. Uh, Goff, though, he's not playing well either. He's coming off his worst graded game of his career. But they've still got Aaron Donald in that defence. Uh, so Murray's going to be running for his life under pressure. So I've got the Rams by five. It's a close one, isn't it, this one? You're right. Two teams coming off really poor weeks. So it's, it's really difficult to judge who's going to come out flying. Uh, yeah, out of the two, I think I, I trust the Rams a bit more. Just to be able to, to bounce back, uh, I trust Sean McVay more. Effectively, Aaron Donald... Is, as you mentioned, Tim is still playing excellently. So I don't know. Just if if you lose to the Patriots, it's not good. That's that's all I want to say. So uh, yeah, I believe in the Rams more. I've got the Rams to win by six. It's such a close game. I, I oh, the only thing I can think of is I know Kenyon Drake balls out against the Rams randomly most years. So and I need points. That is also a big factor in this but I think the, yeah like you said they both had really crap games and I think the card they both got a great chance of winning so Cardinals by seven yeah these games are usually close um, I think the Cardinals I was tempted to pick them I know they'll have struggled because that Patriots secondary is good but um, I think I'm going to I'm going to go Rams by three I I, I, I want to swap on that but I don't think I think I need to keep it let's just move on Okay, uh, next game, I've got the Bengals at the Dolphins. So, the Bengals come off a pretty ugly game against the Giants, in all honesty. Um, the Giants didn't play a pretty game either. Uh, Danny Dimes came out uh, of the game with a hamstring injury. Um, I think they are keeping him on the bench this week as well, going forward, uh, just to make sure he's okay. Um, but yeah, no player in this game ran for over 50 yards uh, or caught for over 50 yards for the Bengals. Uh, and typically that's a pretty bad sign. 
Um, but yeah, the, the game was a bit of a snooze fest, really. Brandon Allen wasn't amazing uh, backing up Joe Burrow. Um, on the other hand, I did hear Joe Burrow's surgery uh, went successfully, so that's uh, all good to know. Uh, Dolphins didn't lose their trap game to the Jets, uh, much to the chagrin of Tim. Um, away from the two fumbles, uh, the Dolphins kept the game nice and easy, really. Uh, Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a, a good little connection together. Uh, Xavier Howard got his seventh interception this season. Uh, so he now creeps just uh, past Jesse Jackson for you Patriots, Joe. And uh, he's now top of the interceptions uh, for this season so far. Uh, but yeah, the, the game is what we really expected against the Jets. Um, it's going to be a very similar story. The, the Bengals have fallen back to the Bengals of last year now that they've lost their, the spark that Joe Burrow was. Um, they're going to really struggle against that Dolphins defense that punishes quarterbacks uh, that aren't very experienced against a good defense. Um, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are probably the best uh, cornerback duo in the league right now. And they're going to really terrorize Brandon Allen if if he plays again. Um, and the, the Dolphins don't need to be that massively successful in offense as long as half the stuff that they throw at the wall sticks. Um, so I've got the Dolphins winning this one by 17. 17? Blimey. No, that's fair enough. They are, they are the better team. And uh, I think they're going to win this fairly easily. I've got them to win by seven. Yeah, yeah. Also, go on. I've gone winning by 10. I've gone... The Finns by nine. Okay, nice and easy on that. Uh, Joe, you've got the Giants at the Seahawks next. Yes, Giants, Seahawks. And uh, talking of the Seahawks, there was just some breaking news. Uh, Josh Gordon has been reinstated. Uh, He is eligible to come back in week 16. So the final two games and then inevitably the playoffs for the... uh, Oh, we just lost them. Yeah, so yeah. Josh Gordon back in a few weeks' time, which is nice because I like Josh Gordon. Anyway, so to their next game, however. Uh, yeah, Giant Seahawks, two NFC division leaders going head-to-head. So uh, the well-coached New York Giants have taken advantage of being in a really poor division and are now sitting top of the tree in the NFC East with their 4-7 and seven record. They got a well-fought victory last week against Cincinnati. But unfortunately, it came at a cost as quarterback Daniel Jones picked up a hamstring injury, which is reported to keep him out for over a week. Uh, That's from the New York Post. Uh, That's what they've got at the moment. Colt McCoy will therefore more than likely play. The Seahawks, as Adam well knows, they come in off the back of a very convincing win on Monday night against the Eagles. Their defense has appeared to have slightly improved because... You know, their offense is, is going off and their defense was the, the issue and it just needs to be okay and they're, they're a very good team, as we know. But yeah, it seems to have improved slightly and their off-season pickup in Jamal Adams has been putting in very good performances that have gone a bit under the radar as the whole sort of unit is is quite poor. Jamal Adams is putting in a lot of work. He's he's a real exciting safety. You know, he's... He, he's getting quarterback hits he's he's really pushing up on the blitz and it's just he's a fun player to watch um it is no surprise however that he has gone under the radar uh when you're battling attention for dk metcalf things aren't so easy the young wide receiver he's had an incredible season and he carried that trend against the eagles and he very much had the better against darius slay 
which was a shame for him. But unfortunately, when DK is just this absolute monster, there's not too much you can do. Uh, for the Giants, I, I just can't see he's going to be able to deal with DK, and there aren't many prob- aren't many players in the league that can. Uh, so you know, it's almost an impossible task. This problem, along with the fact that they're sort of young, athletic quarterback, who you know, Daniel Jones. I know there's been a lot of questions about his passing and various other things. He's very good at scrambling. He he, he runs when there isn't really a play and he, he makes things happen. And, you know, when you've got a veteran in place of him, it, it sort of just changes your game completely and it just takes that aspect out of their game. Therefore, I really can't see the Giants getting anything from this game. So I have gone for the Seahawks and I've gone for the Seahawks to win by 14. Yep, Seahawks by 14. I've obviously been a little bit more conservative than the two of you. I've gone Seahawks by seven. Uh, I've gone, I've gone the opposite way. Uh, I've got Seahawks by seventeen. I think that's a nice, easy game to review. Uh, Craig, your next game, you've got Patriots going to the Titan Chargers. Yeah, so the five and six New England Patriots—they're making a push to to squeeze themselves into the playoff picture, which means that there isn't really a lot of wiggle room for, for mistakes and more importantly losses at this point now um, this week Cam and company they're, they're going up against a struggling and arguably unlucky Los Angeles Chargers who have I think a very dangerous opponent and uh, looking better in my opinion than the 3-8 record would suggest anyway Patriots will lead, they narrowly dodge the what could have been disastrous blow to the playoff chances by sneaking out of Arizona last week with a 20 to 17 win on the road against the Cardinals. Um, despite the win, there, there wasn't a huge amount to be happy. A lot of huge, not a huge amount to be happy about for the Patriots with um, Cam Newton's performance at quarterback. I think Cam passed for just 84 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions on just nine of 18 completions. So they make for pretty poor numbers, I think, from from a quarterback. But Newton can cook up some huge plays um, against the Chargers' defense that's allowed the most 40-plus yard passes plays um, this season so far. If Newton keeps struggling under center, well, the, the pressure's just going to really sort of be high and pile on the, the Patriots' defense to make stops, which I think it has been a few times this season and which they managed to do quite successfully against the Cardinals, in my opinion. Um, they allowed just 160 passing yards to Kyler Money and they limited DeAndre Hopkins to only 55 receiving yards, which is, is no easy feat, really. Um, the Patriots' secondary will they'll be looking to ambush the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert's passes, who does like to throw bombs. Um, that Patriots' secondary is dangerous and it is a bit, you know, last, last season it was their bread and butter. You know, that threat is still there. And they're the fourth in the league this year with 12 interceptions already. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Chargers were coming off a, a 27-17 road loss to Buffalo. Um, Justin Herbert managed to pass for 316 yards and a touchdown. So even though he's been losing these games, he's still been having putting up an, impressive numbers and having good games. Um, but he was intercepted once and got sacked three times for a loss of 25 yards, which isn't great. A big positive for the Chargers fans last week, though, was they got to see running back Austin Eckler back in action again after missing him for, for quite a few weeks now because of an injury. And I think that they've really missed him because he was a big, unexpected star performer for them last season. And he's become a big part of this offense. The 
the Chargers defense was fantastic, I thought, despite losing to the Bills with Joey Bosa having a huge night. He forced three turnovers. Um I think he'll be he'll be crucial in this one in making passing plays even tougher for the Patriots who are already um among the worst in the league uh, in that department um this season. So I'm you know, I'm going charges by four. Yeah, um, go on, Dave. No, yeah, I was going to say just just on the Patriots, it's it's quite a, a, a fairly boldish thing, but I've enjoyed the whole Cam Newton experience. I love Cam. I love who he is, but I, I think after this year, that's it. I think we just cut ties and say cheers, mate. Thanks for the year. Like we're done. Like you're clearly not who you used to be, which is a shame because he, you know, he's he's a, as I say, he's a great guy, and it's but we just don't. There's just not much going on. He hasn't got many weapons. I mean, talent-wise, if we didn't have Bill Belichick, I honestly think we would get three, two, three wins with the team we've got. It's just It just stinks of needing a massive rebuild. And I don't know, if we managed to get to eight and eight, that's, that's unbelievable. I don't know how we would have managed to have done that. I'm not really thinking about playoffs at the moment. Uh, but yeah, that was just something. I want to say my, my stance on Cam. Uh, love the bloke, yeah, but it's, it's, it's probably probably the end. I have got us to win this. I think it's just going to be, we'll have the lead late on. Chargers will have a chance to go and win. And Anthony Lynn's poor clock management will cost it for the Chargers again. So I've got Pats by four. I thought yeah. I was going to add to that, I've got the Pats by nine. And Anthony Lynn's clock management in that last game, they were down two scores and they needed to score quickly and he caused a running play. So, you know... That, oh, yeah, that was terrible. That's yeah, just I forgot ridiculous. all about that. <laughs> just, there, there's no sense in that at all. It's like, I was watching it thinking, am I missing something here? Why is he running a running play? Have they got timeouts that they're not showing on the screen? But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that, that was very questionable play calling. But... Um, I, I, I think the Chargers could win this game just because they can put up a high score and the Pats can't. Uh, pretty much my reasoning behind it. So I've got the Chargers to take it by seven. I really thought I was going to lone wolf that one. I think it, it is dangerous because Justin Herbert does like to sling it and that secondary is good. Like You don't just sling it to them, you know what I mean? Which I think could be the Chargers' downfall in this game. But... I mean, it's been close, and they've got Eckler back, and he does he does make a difference. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of fancy fancy the Chargers to underdog this one a little bit. I feel like Bill Belichick's really good at shutting down rookie quarterbacks, but Justin Herbert's literally surprised everyone at every single stage so far. I think Cam's just too bad too. Like his performances, he looks like he's getting worse each week. He's not he's not good enough, mate. Sadly, it's it's a shame, but. Yeah, he's he's done. Okay, on to the final stretch of games. Tim, you've got the Broncos at the Chiefs. I have indeed. Uh, we mentioned them before, but the Broncos last week lost 31-3 to the Saints. Uh, it was no contest as soon as it was confirmed the Broncos didn't have a starting quarterback. They had to bring Kendall Hinton in off the practice squad. And he showed how difficult it is to play quarterback in the NFL. So hopefully this shuts up everyone that says, oh, I could complete one pass in the NFL. Uh, clearly you can't. It's just too difficult. Um, the NFL should punish John Elway and the organization. Uh, they made them play this game, which is punishment enough. John Elway should take responsibility because 
it was the meeting room disaster that led to this and so it's an organizational fault but anyway uh the bucks they lost to the chiefs 27-24 tyreek hill had a game for the ages 13 receptions 269 yards and three touchdowns uh which is all the more impressive when you realize that he took most of the rest of the game off he was uh, seven for 203 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter alone uh, and foes keeping score in a ppr league that's 61.9 fantasy points um, so that counted for more than half of Pat Mahomes, 462 yards, three touchdowns. Kansas City clearly took a foot off the gas towards the end of the game, so it was nowhere near as close as the scoreline would suggest. So Broncos and Chiefs, there's not a lot to say. It's no contest. Chiefs by 14. Yeah, I don't see the Chiefs letting the Broncos get away with a, an easy win. I think divisional rivals, they might put a bit of pale to the medal. I've got Chiefs by 21. Yeah, the the Chiefs seem to be warming up just at that right time as well, and it's just inevitable what's going to happen in February. I think now when it, with with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I've got the Chiefs to win by twenty four. I did have Chiefs by ten. I'm going to up that. I think I'm going to go Chiefs by seventeen. Um, I think the more I think about this game, the less faith I have in the Broncos. Um, and fortunately for me, I've got Tyreek Hill in my Taft's Fancy oh. League team. And ironically, I was playing Fagel last week. And um, yeah, I think I, I give him a bit of a slapping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was, it felt good, to be honest. I didn't have a lot to feel good about last week, but that, that certainly helped. Yeah, it was, um, I couldn't believe my eyes when I, when I looked that one up and I, see, I seen the score. Okay, moving on to Washington Steelers. Uh, this is my game. Uh, Steelers, as you talked about with the Ravens, they, they didn't look great. Uh, they Obviously, the defense is always going to keep them in the game. Um, but there was a really bad pick that Ben threw. It was like he just kind of lobbed it into the end zone, just into the defender's hands. Uh, and their run game really, really struggled. Um, Benny Snell, he had a couple of good runs, but he, I think he only got about 60 yards on the day. Um, that being said, like I, uh, the defense covers up a lot of the deficiencies on the offense, um, as they just put so much pressure on the quarterbacks. And uh, like Craig does like to say, they've not really played many big teams, and a lot of the teams they have played, the quarterbacks aren't the ones who cope with pressure. The, the younger quarterbacks, less experienced quarterbacks, so they they really know how to just manipulate the game in their favor. Um, that being said, um, with Bud Dupree out, that, that defence is going to look a little bit different now. Um, Washington football team, and another team with a fantastic front seven. Um, Alex Smith has, has the experience to manage a, a team throwing pressure at him. But the problem is that the Washington football team is not good enough to handle the pressure being thrown at them. and I, Eventually, they will lose to it. Um, Antonio Gibson is a name I throw about a lot uh, he's a really good young running back uh, he got three touchdowns on the day um, Scary Terry he he had a good game as well but they, they kind of just had a beat down on the Cowboys in the second half and a lot of those yards were um, trash time um, but if Scary Terry could take enough pressure out of the box on, on the Steelers I, I think Antonio Gibson is going to have a chance to put it down on them um, the Washington team could surprise us I think uh, like any 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 team come in any game, uh, I there is a, a chance that Washington can pull away with this just because they can. They're the, the number one rated pass defense for a reason. 
um, which is a surprise. Um, and they do get in the quarterback's face. So if you can get in Big Ben's face a lot, hopefully make force a few mistakes out of him. Um, statistically, like I said, really good against the pass. Um, but I just you look at the Steelers' wide receivers. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. Three out this year, just looking really good. Juju starting to um, shine a bit more now that he's playing opposite good players again, like he was when he was with Brown. Um, I see the game going pretty close into the half, but I think the Steelers, with the experience they've got on that defense and the pressure they can keep putting on, they'll in the second half of that game, the Steelers will start to uh, wear the the Washington football team down too much, and they'll take away by fourteen. I've got Steelers by nine. Yeah, I've gone Steelers by ten. Yeah, I've gone Steelers as well by eight. Okay, all pretty similar feelings there. Craig, get this one over quick. Eagles, Packers. Uh, yeah, so they're now eight and three Packers. They're, they're coming off a dominant 41 to 25 win over the Chicago Bears. They're, they'll be looking to duplicate again this week against a, a struggling 3-7 and one Philadelphia Eagles, who are, to be honest, they're still full of fight. It's one thing I respect about this team is that regardless of what's going on, he'll still come out and he still give it a go. Um, they're, they're still in the runner for the NFC's title, so again, they've still got something to play, still all to play for, and they're, they're just looking for that huge statement win um, after a couple of losses now. Uh, which you know, what could you get bigger than than bringing down an impressive-looking Green Bay Packers team at Lambeau? I mean, you want a pretty big statement. That would be a pretty big statement. Um, I just, I'm, you know, in my opinion, I'm not sure what the Eagles are waiting for before they make that switch at the quarterback position for Carson Wentz. It's um, he's he's clearly not delivering for them. And and you know, in fairness to be Wentz, we talked about this a few times. He's been trying his best um, behind an offensive line that's been shuffled more times than a deck of cards in a Vegas casino, and as well as as, as throwing a ball to an endless carousel of wide receivers. But at this point, nothing seems to be working for them. And what have they got to lose? In my opinion. Um, at this point, whether the Eagles' struggles on offense are, are due to a poor performance from Wentz, or whether it's just bad luck and injuries, and you know, as we've said a couple of times, some pretty poor, um, piss poor play calling at times. Um, I think I'm on the same wavelength as Joe was last week with his, his bold prediction that I think, you know, I think Philly should just make that move. And at this point, turning to Jalen Hurd seems to be a, a fair adjustment, in, in in my opinion, and in my mind, makes sense. You know, see see what he's got. Um, see what he can do. You know, what I mean, if 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 it's if it's not working, then try something. Try something different. See what happens. Like um, that being said, Doug Peterson appears to be leaning towards starting Wentz again. And if if that's the case, then it looks like the Eagles' defense may have to carry this team yet again. Um, Philly's defense they they kept the team competitive, and you know, for for at least the first half of the twenty three seventeen home loss to the Seahawks, you know, it was the it was the defense that really kept them in that game. You know, it really sort of stepped up that that front line of yours on the defense is always um I think that, you know, when they do turn up the they're, they're not to be underestimated. Um and I think slowing down Aaron Rodgers, it's it's no easy task for the team. But I think between that and moving the chains at the moment and marching downfield, it looks like you're much better equipped to try and um, slow him down and just do do what do what you can on offense, what's necessary on offense to sort of um, to to hold them back and to, to outscore them. Um, the Eagles, they've only they've allowed 193 yards passing over the last three games. Um, 
So I'll flip it now to the other side. After a heartbreaking loss and, a, and quite a cracking game with the Indianapolis Colts in week 11, the Packers regrouped and they unleashed hell on him. On a, um, they put a bit of an ass whooping on the Chicago Bears, 41 to 25. Um, last week, uh, I pissed off Aaron Rodgers, as he, he quite openly said. I think George mentioned it in the last podcast. He went on Pat McAfee and was saying how annoyed he was. Um, I think he took it out on that Bears defense with him. Um, 20, we went 21 for 29 completions, 211 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, Rodgers, he's, he's been impressive all season. Um, Backing up so far, 3,100 passing yards, and he tops the league with 33 touchdowns and just four interceptions. Um, the Eagles' pass rush, which is, like I said, it's not to be underestimated, we'll be looking to get at him. Um, but Rodgers is protected by an offensive line at the moment that's just allowed 12 sacks so far this season, which is third fewest in the NFL. Um, the Green Bay, you know, the Green Bay defense, on the other hand, it's it's not the best out there. It has had quite a hit and miss season so far. Sometimes they turn up, sometimes they don't. But I think with the the amount of issues the Eagles are sort of having on offense at the moment, if they don't have a big sort of shake up and say something a bit different, I think the Packers um, might have a bit more success in containing Wentz. So I've got Packers by eight. Yeah, you, you brought up a lot of stuff there that Doug Peterson needs to answer for. One of the really, really bad ones is that Miles Sanders averages us something like six yards per carry. And he had, I think it was like six or eight, we had six or eight rushes overall against the Seahawks. So it's it's starting to become like, I'm, I think I speak for most Eagles fans that we want to see more Jalen Hurts. And everyone's everyone came to the conclusion last week, I was like, if Wentz is struggling, pull him out and put Hurts in. Hurts got one snap. So like, it, it's just like Doug Peterson doesn't want to play to any to anyone's opinions but his own because everyone in the media is like you should run more and you should put Jalen Hurts and he's going I'll keep sticking with Wentz and I'm going to pass the ball a bit more like uh, Alston Jeffrey's only catches I think came from Jalen Hurts it's it's very very frustrating I, I think I think there's going to be a surprising front office move um, or coach and move with the Eagles soon because Wentz has the talent it's just not got anyone I think supporting him enough. Um, I, I do, I do think the Eagles get the surprising wins sometimes. Um, we do like we, we beat the Packers in Lambeau two yeah, years. I was going to say you just do well against the Packers. I was talking about that with um, with someone earlier today. Like they are a bit of a they're a team that you sort of you do sort of have the number four, and they always do tend to struggle against you, which is the, why I kept this down to eight. Um, and like I said, that that defensive front is not to be underestimated. You know what I mean? Like in the slightest. Yeah, but our our offense like it's it's there's problems everywhere, and Doug Peterson needs to fucking get his act straight because he's 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 just doing a lot of questionable moves, and he's he's losing a lot of the fan base right now. Um, so I've got the I've got the uh, who is this? I've got the Packers by nine. Yeah, I'm confident in the Packers doing this. Unfortunately for Eagles, it's not quite happening at the moment. I've got the Packers by twelve. I've got the Packers by 10. Give me that sixth overall pick and draft Mika Parsons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Final game, Joe. Bills at 49ers. Yeah, and a good game to come last. Uh, Yeah, Monday Night Football. uh, Another intriguing matchup. I feel this week's got a lot of good ones. And yeah, we're going to end on a really nice game here. Uh, the Bills, they're trying to secure the AFC East whilst the 49ers are coming into playoff contention. 
and with Carl Shanahan as their coach, you know, big possibility there. The 49ers course, this is going to be their first game in Arizona. Uh, so it's going to be sort of fairly, fairly familiar surroundings for them, but uh, not so much once a year, if you want to call that familiar. Now it's going to be a few more times. Big thing for the 49ers is last week they well they had a really good game last week actually beating the Rams the Rams are team trending up the 49ers with all their injuries that we mentioned on all the past pods you know their their season's just not been able to get going however last week they got back in defense they got Richard Sherman back he came he came and had a massive impact he got an interception and you know just him being there brought the whole performance of the defense up and they completely nullified the Rams' offense. Um, they've actually now got well. They last year, of course, they excellent with Nick Bosa and that. But they've still got a top ten uh, rush defense. So you know that's something they could bring in against the Bills. The Bills who actually rushed the ball a lot last week. Their actual passing game was was pretty poor. Josh Allen, I think, had less than two hundred yards. And you know when Allen's not throwing the ball, obviously. Diggs, who's been a massive impact player for them this year, wasn't able to do what he usually does. So it was a it was an odd one last week for the Bills. Uh, of course, though they did they did go and get the win. <sighs> These two teams, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there's there's quite an interesting matchup, which is on third downs. The 49ers are the seventh best at stopping the third down. Uh, the Bills are the second best at converting third down. They've actually converted nearly 50% of their third downs this year. And that's just a stat I know about because when you watch them, they go, here you go, Bills third down. They're good. They're hopefully going to lose the ball. They just seem to always find a way. Positively, again, for the 49ers, on the offensive side of the ball, they got Debo Samuel back. He came back and popped off for about 133 yards. And Mostert came back too. Uh, he looked a little rusty, but he managed to get himself a touchdown. It's important the 49ers are getting these players back now. Nick Mullins is still quarterback and he's you know not been too amazing. They're, they're still waiting for Jimmy G to come back and hopefully make a big difference to that offense. But yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those. They're slowly getting the pu- piece of the puzzle back. The Bills defense was really impressive last week. Uh playing far above the level that they've been performing at so far this year. It's the Bills defense that we remember from last year. You know, they're, they're, they're stopping the rush. They're making interceptions. They're making all these plays. They're helping out the offense. So when Josh Allen, like last week, didn't have an amazing game, the defense went and won them. And that's important for them. It's, it's good that they've got that coming in for them right now towards the back end of this back end of the season. However, for me, I know they're not quite at home, uh, but... I fancy the 49ers on this one with all these players coming back. I really feel as if they're going to make a late playoff push and they beat the Rams a very good team, you know, Rams and Bills for me, I I see them fairly level um, and I don't see any reason why the 49ers can't completely cut out uh, the Bills offense as well as they did for the Rams. So therefore I've got the 49ers to scrape this and scrape it by three points. I don't know. I, th- I think you look at the Bills and you look at the Rams. Like, you got, I'm going to take Josh Allen over Jared Goff. I'm going to take Stefan Diggs over Cooper Cup. I, f- I can't remember who the running back is for the, the Bills. Um, Devin Singletary. Singletary. Yeah. Yeah. Devin Singletary. I'll take him over one of the three random ones they got in the Rams. <laughs> like, I-, I-, I see where you're coming from in that they are very similar standard, but I think the Bills are just a better team here. Um, Bills take it by nine. 
I've often turned on this one, and I agree with what Joe's saying about the Niners. They're only, what, one game out of the seventh seed, uh, and they're playing well, they're getting players back, but I just think the Bills are going to be too strong from. I've got the Bills by three in a very close one. Uh, I've got Bills by three. Um, my, I don't know. I just echo the points you've made. I think it's going to be, I think it could be a good one, be quite a close game. Um, I mean, watch now every time I say that, it never turns out being a close game. Um, but yeah, I've got Bills by three. Okay, on to ball predictions. Tim, do you want to start us off with yours? Yeah, I'm just recycling one because I'm rubbish at these and it still hasn't happened, so I can do it again. Henry Ruggs will uh, have over a thousand yards receiving and five catches. Okay, what about you, Joe? Uh, I've gone DK Metcalf to have another big game. I've got him getting over 140 receiving yards. All right, against James Bradbury, he's been damn good as well on, on, on top corner over our wide receivers. Uh, Craig, what have you got? Um, I've gone uh, with my ball prediction. I've gone three rushing touchdowns in the Bills 49ers game. Okay, interesting. Um, I've also got the rushing one. I've gone 400 rushing yards in the Browns and Titans game overall. Um, so, yeah, that's our ball predictions. Let us know, again, how, what you think about our predictions. I'm sure you all will, um, especially certain fans <laughs> want to be named. Um, if you want to discuss with us or hurl abuse at us uh, for our predictions, you can check us out on our social medias. Uh, what are they, Joe? Uh, they are Twitter and Instagram at TAFS underscore UK and Facebook of that American football show. Uh, we've also got the Facebook group NFL fans. So yeah, Saints fans, if you want to vent, come at us. <laughs> and you can also catch us on our website where you can see all articles that we post to football, a find links to our social medias and to our partners. What is that there, Tim? That is thatamericanfootballshow.com where you can find a link to our shop where you can get lots of goodies for Christmas. Yeah. Seeing you've purchased a couple of them, Tim. Everyone's getting stuff for Christmas from me. <laughs> it is pretty sweet stuff. Like I had, I had another little gander at it the other day. I mean, I think I'm planning on doing the same after Christmas. I can confirm if you sit on a hat, uh, it returns to its shape. Um... <laughs> I, it was complete. I thought I broke it. I, like it was underneath a fleece, and I'd, I'd been sat on it for hours. It was like all crumples, and I let it let it rest for an hour, and back to good. So, EP Sports top quality. Um, Lockdown Lids is another partner we've got. They've got a pretty exciting one. Not not a current football player, Craig, are they? Uh, yeah, this one I'm really excited about. To be honest, this guy he's on my list of guys I'm headhunting to try and find something for. He's a personal favourite of mine. Um, tickets for this guy, I guarantee, will sell out fast. Probably good possibility it may have all even sold out by the time you listen to this. Um, a Pat McAfee mini. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, they do have some other exciting stuff going up this week. I won't divulge because it's not for me to say, but we've we've seen a couple of things that are going up this week. I know Adam's particularly excited about one. Um, yeah, get on there. You never know. You might win win yourself a nice little um, a little present for Christmas or something that you can give someone for Christmas. Okay. So, any shout-outs we want to give today, boys? Shout out to all you wonderful people for listening. 
Aww, no, I say that because like this whole Spotify, I mean, I don't know, I don't use Spotify, but it was been all over my, my news feeds from, and everything over the past few days about what people are listening to and stuff. And um, yeah, we've had, we've had people get in touch and show us that we've made their like top fives and stuff, which is always nice to see. And I know um, we put up, um, you know, the, the amount of countries we've been downloaded in and that sort of stuff. And it's really, I don't know, it's quite, quite humbling, humbling to see. I'm, you know, I just want to know that we appreciate you, appreciate everyone who downloads and listens. Absolutely. Um, good words to end on there. Thank you, Craig. Um, thanks again, all of you for listening. Uh, do make sure you head over to our partners at EP Sports for all your NFL or equipment needs. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Good win, baby. Bye-bye for now. You just walk in, they go, fucking laddie! <laughs> <laughs>